Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. Well, hello everyone. A really big welcome to you to our online service. Our, our prayer and our hope through this time, these few moments that we have together, is that you would receive something from God. Uh, you'd be encouraged in your journey. You'd be uh, feeling uplifted in this season that we're in as a nation, uh, as families and community. You know, before I begin today, I want to encourage you, if you want to open up your Bibles to the book of Daniel, chapter 13, we'll be sharing some thoughts out of that in a couple of moments' time. But before I do, I wanted to read this morning uh, today to you um, a prayer that our Prime Minister prayed this week. There was a gathering of uh, pastors and leaders across the country, and this is the prayer that our Prime Minister prayed. He says this, Father, give us strength in this country. Give us wisdom. Give us judgment. Give us encouragement. Let your peace reign. Let your love shower this nation at this time. Let your people, let those who trust in the Lord, be instruments of your love, your compassion, your justice, your mercy, and your grace. Let us be a light in a time, Lord, of great darkness. May you lift us up at this time. May you strengthen and encourage us in all things. May you shine upon all of us at this time as we seek your grace. We seek your strength. We seek your favor. We pray this in the name of Jesus. You know, I'm so encouraged today that we have been led uh, by a prime minister that calls upon the name of the Lord. And I want to reiterate again that prayer is our strength. Prayer is our calling. Uh, prayer is our answer. Uh, more than ever before, we've been called to pray, and I'm so thankful for a prime minister that places a value on prayer. And I want to encourage you as we continue along this journey, make sure you continue with your journaling. It's so important that you're spending time, and remember as well, on our website there, there's the prayer guide, uh, seven in the morning or seven at night, uh, praying um, for seven days and praying through seven particular topics as well, seven, seven, seven. Really want to encourage you with that. Now, more than ever before, as our leader, our prime minister prays, it's so important that we pray as well. Today, as you're watching this and if you're tuned in, we're so uh, thankful that you have. But really want to say today, if you are struggling, as many people are, that we have a group of people right now that are waiting to pray for you. Um, on your screen there, you'll see that there's a prayer link. You can click on that, uh, send your prayer request through, and there'll be some people right now in this moment that would love to pray for you. We want to say to, you, to, to our community, our church community and beyond that we're here praying for you, wanting to be uh, an encouragement and a support that we can be through this time. So if you need prayer, please uh, lock onto that and click that link. You know, this isolation is a, a place that we've never been before, um, um, never experienced something like this, and we're in the early days of it. And, you know, I really want to encourage us through this time of isolation that we're in. Let's make the most of our time. Uh, we've been given more time than ever before, uh, and I really encourage you, let's make a, the most of our time by drawing closer to God, spending that quality time in praying, uh, taking the time to read the Word, but also making 
time for our family as well. This is a time where we can start to continue to invest in our families and strengthen that, but also take the time in investing in in others as well. Again, it's impossible for us to do it physically, uh, but we have so many options um, electronically and through social media where we can connect with one another. And I encourage you with all of my heart, let's make sure that we keep connecting together. In fact, on our website, there's some information there that can help you to work out how you can establish your own uh, uh, group of people that you can connect with on a weekly basis. Because now is not the time to isolate. Now's the time to tune in and to connect with those that are around about you. So I do encourage you with all of that. How big's this season that we're in? Well, I was reading uh, just today that Wimbledon, uh, this year, Wimbledon has been closed for the first time since the Second, second World War. Wow. Wimbledon closed for the first time since the Second World War. And today, you know, as we start to get used to uh, this reality, I want to share some thoughts that I feel that the Holy Spirit has given me out of the book of Daniel uh, that I believe that are going to bring some comfort to us as we walk through this trial that we're going through, that this season that we're going through. And I want to start in the book of Daniel chapter 1, and it states this, in the third year, of the reign of the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, uh, he came to Jerusalem and besieged it. And the Lord gave uh, the king of Judah into his hand with some of the articles of the house of God, which he carried into the land. Um, And it just goes on how he brought the articles into the treasure of the house of his God, not the God of the people of Israel, but his God. And the thought straight up from this thought uh, in Scripture here is this, the people of God were besieged. They went from being uh, living in a place of freedom to now being besieged by a foreign force. They went from freedom to captivity. Their lives, that they, as they knew it, had, had dramatically changed. No longer freedom but oppression. And they must have felt like their lives were out of control. They must have felt like their futures now were so, so uncertain. And we see in this story, the king of Babylon, through this story, as you look at Daniel chapter 1 and chapter 2, and we'll end with chapter 3 in a moment's time. But we see that the king of Babylon, Nebuchadnezzar, decides to gather up the very, young, the very best young people from across the land um, and start to teach them in the ways of the Chaldeans. And it says this in verse 3, The king instructed uh, the master of his, of his eunuchs to bring some of the children of Israel in, some of the king's descendants, some of the nobles, young men men uh, in whom there were no blemish and good looking. Tom, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge and quick to understand and had the ability to serve in the king's palace and whom they might teach the language and the literature of the Chaldeans. So the Bible notes four young men that were chosen and I want to note them to you and we'll conclude with uh, a story about them in a couple of moments time. But we see that there was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Now I'm sure that many of our children watching would have uh, read this story before, would have been taught this story in Sunday school. I hope you have. If you haven't today, we're going to have a look a little bit of the story. So in the story, we saw that they're brought into the king's chamber with the purpose of being indoctrinated, taught uh, the ways of the king. But what we find that these young men, they refuse the ways uh, that were contrary to what they understood what it meant to hold true to their faith in God. So they were being encouraged and, and nearly coerced and forced to be indoctrinated to serve 
another God, but in their heart of hearts, they were choosing to remain true to their faith and their conviction in the one true God. In fact, I love this phrase from Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. It says this. It says, But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacy. You know, for me, right here, right now, there's a message for us just in these few verses here. In this time, we're not going to allow ourselves, we're not going to allow compromise to rule our hearts. But like these four, we're going to continue to honor God in this season. Amen. We're not going to allow the challenge that's come our way. We're not going to allow the uncertainty that we might be facing because we know we serve a certain God. We're not going to allow compromise to distract us. But like these four young men, we're going to determine in our hearts to continue to honor God. Some people might think, well, now's the time to have a time off church. No, no. Now's a time more than ever before to press into God and continue with that habit of meeting together on Sunday mornings. Yes, it's different. Yes, unfortunately, you get to look at this face close up, maybe on your tablet or your screen, your TV, whatever it is. It's so different the way that we're meeting, but it's so important that we're meeting together. Some of us might be challenged with the thought of compromising around our giving. We might be thinking, well, God, I'm going to stop tithing. I'm going to stop giving because I'm uncertain about my financial future. Can I say more than ever before, now's the time more than ever before to bring God our first and our best. Malachi chapter 3, I won't even go there, but it talks about the blessing of God that comes as we honor God with our finances. Amen. So really, as I look at this this morning, before I get to the main part, I just take great heart in the fact that Daniel and his three friends, friends refused to compromise during the trial that they were in. They decided to stay true to their convictions and true to their faith in the one true God. In fact, it goes on and says this as a result of that. As they decided to stay true, as they decided that they weren't going to compromise their faith, as they decided that they were going to remain true to their convictions, we see that God does something so astounding through them and in them. It says this in the book of Daniel, As for these four young men, God gave them knowledge and skill in literature and all wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and all dreams." And we see as a result of their commitment to be unwavering in their faith, not to compromise in their faith, that not only were they given uh, great skills and great knowledge in wisdom and in literature, but also we see that Daniel, as a result of his uncompromising faith, also found favor in the king as well. In fact, it says here that the king found their wisdom and their insight as a result of their unbending faith. He found their wisdom insight 10 times better than all of his other advisors put together. As they remained faithful to God, as they refused to compromise, we see that their wisdom and insight was 10 times greater. I mean, there's something just in that there right now that in this season, we choose like Daniel We purpose in our hearts to remain faithful to God, loyal to his ways, not not shrinking back or shirking back from the challenges that are before us, but rising up in faith and being the people of God that God's called us to be in this dark time that we're living in. So as we go through the story, we see in the next part of the story that the king actually receives a dream at night and he wants it to be interpreted. 
He's so desperate to find out what the interpretation of the dream is. And he starts to send out to all of his um, uh, wise men uh, the dream. And what we see in the story is that none of the wise men are able to interpret the dream. So the king becomes furious. And as a result of that, starts to kill all of the wise men. But because Daniel has found this newfound favor with the king, he goes to the king and says to the king, give me a little bit longer and I will go and I will have the interpretation of the dream for you. So what does Daniel do? Daniel goes home, he gets on his phone to mum, tells mum the story um, of the dream of the king. No, Daniel doesn't do that. Daniel, what does he do? He finds the number of the local fortune teller. He gets the 1-300 number, rings them up and says, this is the dream, can you help me interpret? No, he doesn't do that. In fact, we see that, that he doesn't tune into the Old, Old, Old Testament equivalent of Dr. Phil. It says, no, what, what we find here, it says that Daniel and his friends, they sought God. In Daniel chapter 2, verse 16, it says this, that they might seek the mercies from the God of heaven concerning this dream or this secret as such. And I love this thought here this morning. In their season of trials, in their season of testing, Daniel and his friends didn't compromise, but they sought God all the more. They sought God all the more. In our, in our season of testing and trials, we don't compromise, but we're called to seek God all the more. So the long and the story of the short is that Daniel interprets a dream for the king. And as a result of that, Daniel and his friends are promoted because of that. There's always promotion in God as we commit to not compromising, amen. As we commit to stay true to our beliefs and our convictions, even in a time of trials, God promotes us because of that. So in chapter 3 of Daniel, uh, the book of Daniel in chapter 3, this is the part that I want to just share with you this morning because I believe, or today, there's a few thoughts that I believe are, are helpful here to encourage us. Because we see in, in chapter 3, the king has this grand idea. And the grand idea is that he's going to make this golden statue, this golden image. So he makes this golden image for himself. And the decree goes out across the land that every time that people hear uh, the sound of a trumpet, a lyre, no idea what that is, uh, a, maybe a, a, a guitar, I don't know. But every time that people uh, in their workday, as they're going about their business, they hear that sound, the, the decree of the king is that they must bow down and worship this God. So every time during the course of their day, they have to bow down to that, to that golden statue and worship it. I looked at that and I thought about that this morning. I thought about that today as we were just getting ready. And I thought that that image for us, that, that golden image potentially could be, could be a, 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 an image of the fear today that many of us are facing. It could be for the fact that just as they were being challenged and commanded to bow down to that golden image, potentially with all the challenges that we're facing today, the potential is within us that we are choosing to bow down to fear. Can I encourage you that God's not calling us to bow down to fear? You know, the image of this picture for me is an image of fear right across our community where people are bowing to fear. Now's not a time to be fearful, but people could be bowing to fear the fear of uncertain times. People could be bowing to the fear of, of contracting the virus, the COVID-19 virus. Uh, people could be bowing down to the fear of, of having no job or losing your job. 
You could be bowing down to the fear about my children's future, bowing to fear. You might be bowing down to the fear that you won't make it through. I want to say this morning, these are just lies intended us to make us to bow down to something that we've been never created to bow down to. You and I aren't intended to bow down to fear. God doesn't want us to bow down to fear, but he wants us to kneel down in faith. If I could say that again, in this season, God doesn't want us to bow to fear, to bow to the idol of fear, but he wants us to bend our knees and pray in faith. Faith can't operate in an atmosphere of fear. Faith can only operate in an atmosphere of love because the Bible says that love casts out all fear. So I take great heart in that, a love that's uncompromising, a faith that God is with us even through our trials. But even through as we go through this time, we're not called to bow down to fear, to worship fear, to surrender to fear, but we're meant to bow our knees before God in faith, knowing that just as he led these four men, these three men through, four men through, he will also lead us through the trial that we're walking through as well. So just as we get ready to conclude today, the story goes on and tells us that Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, they refuse to bow down their knee to this image, to this idol. And Nebuchadnezzar, the king, is absolutely outraged by that. And if you have your Bibles open, I want us to read. There's a few texts this morning that I want to, if you want to grab the person next to you right now, your child, your, your piccaninny, whoever it might be, if you're with uh, another uh, family member there. We want to pick up the story in Daniel chapter 3, verse 16, because these three men refused to bow down to the golden image, potentially, potentially the fear that they faced in their present situation. And it says this, then King Nebuchadnezzar, he was in rage and fury. He gave the command to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. So they brought these men before the king. Nebuchadnezzar spoke, saying to them, is it true that you did not serve my gods or worship the gold image which I have set up. Now, if you were ready at that time to hear the sound of the horn, the flute, and the harp, um, to worship the image that I have made, good. But if you do not worship, you shall be cast immediately into the midst of the burning fire. And who is the God who will deliver you from my hands? It goes on in the story, and these three men basically say this. We, we, we can't bow down to this image because we serve the one true living God. And if that means ultimately that we've got to be thrown in the fire because of our conviction, our belief, we're not going to bow to fear, we're not going to surrender to, uh, to your, your will and your way. If that means that we have to ultimately end up in the fire, then that's the decision that we're making. So it goes on in verse 19, it says that Nebuchadnezzar was full of fury. He was mad, right? And the expression on his face changed towards them. And he spoke to the commander and he said to heat the furnace up seven times more. It was so hot. The Bible says that it was so hot that even the guys, even the people that were bringing those three men to the furnace, they died before they even got to the furnace. That's how hot the furnace was. And the story goes on in verse 22. It says, therefore, because the king's command was urgent, the furnace was exceedingly hot, the flame of the fire killed those men who took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And these three men um, fell down, bound in the midst of the fiery furnace. You think right there that's the end of the story, but no, it's not. I want to finish in a moment's time with what I believe is the word to us today. 
It says, Then King Nebuchadnezzar was astonished, and he rose in his haste, and he spoke, saying to his counselors, Did we not cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? And they said to him, O king, it's true, O king. Look, he answered, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they are not hurt. And listen to this. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. And the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they refused to bow down, refused to compromise, and are faced with a fiery trial in the most truest sense. And what happens is this. They come through the other side unharmed. In fact, the Bible says that their clothes didn't even smell like fire. God protected them and led them through their fiery trial. You know, I take great comfort. I believe that we all need to take great comfort from this story today because we know today we're all faced with real trials. Each of us in in many different ways are facing some sort of challenge right now, some sort of outcome of this pandemic that's going across the globe. But what I love today, what I love is these three men refused to bow down to fear and as they refused to compromise, we can see that God led them through. And if God led them through their fiery trial, I believe that we can trust that God will lead us through our fiery trial as well as we remain faithful to him as well. In fact, this morning, I want to finish with this most encouraging thought. As it said again, they said, look, he answered, I see four men walking in the midst of the fire and they are not hurt. And the fourth man is like the son of God. Jesus was with them in the midst of their fiery trial. And today I want to say with all of my heart that Jesus is with us in our fiery trial as well. As we walk through this time, as we go through this time of not knowing what next week might look like and the next couple of months might look like, we can take great comfort today that just as Jesus was with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego through their fiery trial, the same Jesus that was with them is the same Jesus that is with us today. He's walking with you and I through every challenge that we face and every trial that we go through. And all we need to do is continue to put our faith and our hope and our trust in him. You know, today I just want to encourage us this morning. You might be here today and you've never, you, you don't know what it means to, to put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ. You, you don't know what it means to have a relationship with God. Well, I want to read to you today a scripture as we conclude today and give people an opportunity right now in your home to make a decision to receive Jesus Christ and make him your Lord and your Savior, the one that is leading us through these trials that we face is the same one that wants to lead you through these trials that you're facing now. It says this in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verse 9. It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And then it goes on to say, with the heart one believes under righteousness and with the mouth confession is made under salvation. Believing in my heart that Jesus is Savior, confessing with my mouth that God raised him from the dead. Friend, today I want to give you an opportunity before we finish this service today to give you an opportunity to make the greatest decision that you can make with your life and that is to make Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior, to allow your life to be filled with his peace. 
There are many people today that are struggling on on so many levels, but I know that there are multitudes today of people that have put their faith and their trust, knowing in our hearts that with, with all certainty that God is going to lead us through this time, that God is going to take us through this season of trial and bring us to the other side unharmed, unscathed, just as he did with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And today, if you'd love to pray this prayer, I would love to lead you in a prayer this morning where you open up your heart to Jesus You ask our God in heaven to forgive you of your sin and you commit your life to following him. If I could ask for every head to be bowed and every eye to be closed. And if you could say these words after me today, right now in the privacy of your own home. Jesus, today, thank you for dying on the cross so that my sins could be forgiven. Today, Jesus, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. Today, Lord, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Jesus, today, I believe that you died. And I also believe that you raised, you were raised from the dead. Today, Lord Jesus, I ask you into my heart. I ask that I be forgiven of all of my sin. I receive today your gift of salvation. And today I commit my life to following you. In your name I pray, Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to encourage you with all of my heart, right on the screen now, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time, we'd love to connect with you and encourage you in this journey. And so today I hope that as we've shared and we've come around the Word of God again today, you've been encouraged some way. But make sure during the course of this week, draw closer to God Make the most of your time drawing closer to your family and also make sure that you reach out to someone. God bless you. Have the most amazing week in Jesus' name. Amen.